0: Sing.
1: Hi there, I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, your weekly guide to the art of singing and the best of the vocal music scene from the Bay Area and beyond. It's delightful to be here with you once again. When you ask people about their most memorable singing experiences, they're probably less likely to mention that drunken night at the karaoke bar than the time they sang with their high school choir. I, for one, can't even remember the title of the song I attempted to honk out a few months ago when I last went karaokeing. though I do recall that it was a great night. But I will never forget the evening I spent singing Mozart's Requiem Mass as a 17-year-old with my high school chorus in my hometown in England. Every part of that experience is etched on my memory as if it happened only yesterday. I've been itching to do a show all about high school choruses for ages, not only to cure my nostalgia, but also because I believe that school choruses matter. There's plenty of evidence to show that singing in a choir helps students succeed both academically and in their home lives. But with cities slashing education budgets, choral programmes are under threat of extinction as school heads are being forced to focus on just a few subjects covered on standardised tests. So I'm all about advocating for school choral programmes. And by the time you hear the fantastic songs on tonight's playlist and find out more about the world of high school choruses from my in-studio guests, I'm hoping that you, Voicebox's faithful listeners, will run out and become school choir apostles too. Now, it's been tough nailing down my guests for this evening's show because they're so busy during the school year. But now that school's out, I've managed to persuade a couple of the Bay Area's most brilliant high school chorus directors to join me in the studio for a look at what it takes to do their job. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Stephen Hankel of Mission High School and Todd Wedge from the School of the Arts, or SOTA, as we locals like to call it. Hi, Stephen and Todd. Thanks for joining me this evening.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Hello. Thank you.
1: Both of your schools are public schools, but they're quite different in terms of their legacy of choral music programs. Can I ask you to tell us a bit about the schools in which you work and what the landscape is like there for choral music, please? How, how about we begin with you, Todd? Tell us about mm-hmm. the School of the Arts.
3: So the School of the Arts is a really interesting place because it's, um, it is uh, where you do your academics from about 8 in the morning until 12.30. And then from 1 until 4 o'clock, 4.10 whenever we really finish, uh, you get to focus on your discipline. So it could be at visual art, it could be dance, it could be singing, it could be piano, it could be the violin, it could be lots of things. And so we, like a lot of high schools, they, they have, um, you'll get two hours of uh, electives or kind of getting to pick your own classes. And so do you concentrate on just that one thing for the entire afternoon.
1: And so when they come to So do they already have to show some artistic aptitude? Do they already have to be able to read music and all of that?
3: That's a really great question because um, a lot of people ask me that they, they have to come in these wunderkinds who are just destined to go to Juilliard and, and you know, are ready mm-hmm. to be on the mat tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. um, and some of them do come from these incredibly strong backgrounds like um, San Francisco Girls Chorus, San Francisco Boys Chorus, um, or are lucky enough to have some sort of musical training in their elementary school or their middle school. As you mentioned earlier, that is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And I would say that roughly 80 to 85 to 90 percent of the students that come in on audition for SOTA do not read music and have very, very, very little uh, literacy skill and have actually very little music background. But they love to sing.
1: OK, so how about we listen to a track from SOTA's chamber chorus right now and then we'll get to Steve after that. Here's Cento Cento un Rumor by the Renaissance composer Andrea Gabrielli we sure. tonight's voice box all about the choral programs at high schools with me chloe veltman we just heard the chamber chorus from the san francisco school of the arts or sota performing cento sent un rumor by andrea gabrielli the chorus in the recording is led by its director todd wedge who's with me in the studio tonight along with stephen hankel the chorus director at another san francisco institution mission high school so steve and on to you can you please give us a bit of background on mission high school and its choral music endeavors
2: well, uh, Mission High School um, is one of the oldest establishments in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as musically, um, they've been up and down as far as their music. And um, when I actually took the job two years ago, um, there was no music at all. At no Mission.
1: music education None at whatsoever. The okay. None. You know,
2: no, no, no mu- no voice, no instrumental, anything. And so uh, when I got there, so I've pretty much started from scratch. So.
1: My goodness. And so why did uh, the school decide to hire you and start having a chorus?
2: I think uh, logistic reasons for students. Um, They needed another class. (laughs) But also um, uh, the principal um, really wanted music. He's uh, very adamant about the arts and um, they wanted to add choir. So that's how I was brought on.
1: Okay, um, I gather the school did have quite a flourishing band program at one time, though, right?
2: Yes, they had a, a band, a pretty strong band, and Mission was actually known for their dance. Oh, okay. Back in you know in the early '90s, um, they were really known for like their dance, and that mm-hmm. Mission was the school for dance and things like that. So.
1: Okay, but so did all the arts programming fall by the wayside at some point, or just the music?
2: Um, no, the the art um, arts and computer arts stayed
1: stayed mm-hmm. but no more music
2: but no music so
1: when had there been music last in the school before you came on
2: I <sighs> um, feel so I've been there two years now so six years ago that's when they didn't have any um, 2009 back uh-huh. to 2005 there was no music
1: okay and, and the kids that you encountered um, when you first started um, were any of them did any of them have any musical training or were you working with completely blank slates
2: um, there were a few that that okay. sing Mm -hmm. you know, but it was pretty much Blank Slate. I mean, it was a place my first year where they needed a place to put students. And so they asked students, you like to sing? Yeah, okay, you go here. (laughs) You know, so that that was kind of the idea of, you know, what I started out with.
1: Okay. Well, let's listen now to uh, one of your choruses at Mission High School performing a song. This is a live recording, so we'll hear lots of enthusiastic whoops and cheers and chatter in the background. The song is Fireflies, which is a great pop tune by the electronic synth pop outfit Owl City. Terrific, that's such a sweet song. This is Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. What we just heard was Fireflies by Al City, interpreted by the Mission High School Chorus. The group's director is one of my guests in the studio tonight, Stephen Hankel. Stephen and I are joined by Todd Wedge, the director of choral programmes at the San Francisco School of the Arts. We're talking about the world of high school choruses. We just heard two very different songs from your two different groups. Can you tell us more about what kinds of repertoire you work on with the kids? please, Stephen and Todd, and and how you make your repertoire decisions?
2: For me, I mean, because it's a a lot of kids that haven't sang before and things like that, you know, it's a very new program, so I I pick things that they might know or things they might not know, but things that I'm a little more upbeat and things and that such. Um, And slowly I'm starting to incorporate choral music, because Mm -hmm. if I do it, put all the choral music there at once, then there'll be a disengagement. They won't be engaged with what we're doing. So. That's why you heard Fireflies because that was something that a lot of kids, actually some kids didn't know what that song was, but Mm -hmm. they they was like, oh, okay, you know. And um, that's usually what I pick. And then for my chamber choir, I start to pick more of choral music, but it's still very, it's not advanced as as advanced as um, maybe say like a soda, because they've been established for a long period of time. So just slowly trying to build and pick things to slowly build there the choral appetite we put it that way okay
1: and how many parts with the choral music how many parts are you typically working with
2: um with the choral music usually i'm working with three parts Mm -hmm. because i have a lot of young boys Mm -hmm. their voices are still changing um so usually i work with three but i usually have stronger soprano and altos as far as girls Uh yeah so that's just what i work with
1: okay and so what about you todd at sota
3: my love is in is in early music. I, I mm-hmm. love, love, love early music, and I think that every director is going to bring what they love to do, and they should because <laughs> they're so passionate about teaching it. It gets the kids really invested in it yeah. too, because you just, you just, you love to do it. But I gotta say that I really love to to surprise the kids with just nothing is the same. I really mm-hmm. try, and you know, we've done one Renaissance piece. Okay, no more. We've mm-hmm. you know, we move on to uh, a world music, or we move on to a Whitaker piece, or we mm-hmm. move on to something that. I think I'm I'm lucky. It both satisfies me musically, mm-hmm. but it is also um, accessible to kids. So, I really try to go from chant. We're at next year. We're uh, we're really have our fingers crossed to hopefully get a piece commissioned for us by Mason Bates. Oh, and fantastic! so, yeah, and um, so w- Mason
1: Bates being a wonderful Bay Area based composer, mm-hmm. he's doing great things.
3: So we are. Um, I try and get everything in between. Mm -hmm. I think it's my job to Mm -hmm. expose them to as many composers as we can.
1: Well, so how do you both go about teaching singing to students? I mean, you know, you have a range of people who, maybe for you, Steve, it's more people who have no music literacy at all when they come to you. Todd, it's a bit of a mixture. What do you do with them? How do you get them to sing beautifully?
2: I think uh, what I do is use what I've learned. Because Just because I give them songs that they might know or new age songs, I always practice good vocal health. Mm-hmm. So in our warm-ups, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, when I first see the kids the first day, um, we talk about breath support. You know, I have them stand up. You know, they do the breathing. They stand, you know, um, good posture, things and that such. And then I'm always constantly correcting them. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy for students to just sit down. All of a sudden, they just slouch, uh-huh. or even they stand up, they, they lean to the side, mm-hmm. and you know, you're like, no, 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 no. You know, I look at them, and I, you know, oh yeah, the hip hop, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then and then through that through the singing, you know, I focus a lot on vowels, things like that. So you know, things I use in warm ups, I use that within, you know, when they're singing their songs as far as diction and things like that. We've done things in different languages, in Tagalog. A Southern African language, um, Spanish because we have a huge uh, Spanish population. So we also do those different things as well. And so through that, you know, you teach good vowel production, you teach those certain things that, that are important for vocal production and so that's it's constant. You're always constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you know, with the dope choirs, you know, you're constantly the mm-hmm. director's constantly you know giving you a, reinforcing, a shape re- reinforcing yeah. some type of uh, vocal production or vocal uh-huh. health or vocal quality
1: And are they learning in both of your schools are they learning mostly by ear or are they reading music um,
3: my well I think I think to make kids comfortable that do not read music they do there is an element of that is by rote mm-hmm. And then um, it's a job to to be able to show them that what they are hearing and then show them that there are symbols that match what they are hearing and they can they can get that symbolic recognition and that kind of mm-hmm. can develop into literacy. That's one way to go about it. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people learn mu- to read music in very, very different ways. For some people, it's very mathematical. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's very aural. And mm-hmm. um, so I try and, we, you know, you just kind of do your best to try and give as many approaches to it as you can. And and um, show everyone that there is, even if you did learn this one way, there is a lot to be said for, um, you know, if you, if you were a person who is just good at reading and, and understand, you know, scalar patterns and things like this and that works for you, it might behoove you to learn something by rote mm-hmm. and, and to watch them kind of panic when all of a sudden they have no music in front of them. And, you, and so you just got a call and response and you just, I'm going to give you this and you need to remember it. Yeah. And that's, that's a really, really important part of the, of the brain development as well. You know, being able to memorize things right away. So, um, but I do build in 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 our rehearsals, which are always so short, it's impossible. Um, but you know, five minutes of every single rehearsal, there is going to be a sight singing exercise on the board, and mm-hmm. um, we do it.
1: So. Both of you, when I, I spoke with you both uh, the other day, you mentioned solfege. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a tool, and how do you use that with the kids?
2: Um, that's part of my curriculum. Mm-hmm. So um, because a lot of kids um, students don't know anything about um, sophi or even reading music so I'm trying to I, I will not try and to implement that into our curriculum as far as teaching them so um, we actually have sheets and I test them on it so we and then I incorporate into the music that we're learning even the pop music because it is some like melodies that we can use mm-hmm. and I'll use it as a warm-up and, I, and I'll, then I'll they'll practice it and then I'll play some and I'll put it and they're like, oh I got it so um, it's definitely a tool I use because I really want them to not to rely as a singer rely too much on the piano Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to teach them how to to have a tool for themselves you know to use that
1: for listeners who don't know what that is could you explain uh, what solfege what solfege is
2: uh,
3: if you watch The Sound of Music, of course, mm-hmm. you 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 learn solfege. You have do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And in between that, we've got all the accidentals. Do, di, re, ri, mi, fa, fi, sol, si, la, li, ti, do. And then they change on the way down. It's very complicated. But um, the, system, the system is actually there, um, not just... It, it, a lot of people think that it's just... Um, System, you match the with the pitch, and the, but it's actually a language. Mm-hmm. It's a language, and um, it makes this. It makes the speed of learning music um, much faster, much, 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 much faster. And when you can speak in that language, you can say, you know, this interval wasn't correct. That was not la da fa, and then you know, sing la da fa, and then because they you incorporate it in your warm-ups every every day. They do solfège every single day to the point where they're so sick of it they want to die. But it's that repetition that 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 builds intervallic patterns and then they can see that you know okay do to fa is a fourth and i know what a fourth sounds like and it suddenly it's kind of like magic do a deer a female deer ray a drop of golden sun me a name i call myself far a long long way to run So, a needle pulling thread La, a note to follow So, tea, a drink with jam and
0: bread That will bring us back to dough
1: You're tuned into Voicebox on KALW. I'm Chloe Veltman. A little taste of Julie Andrews with Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music by Rodgers and Hammerstein. The song is perhaps the best known system for teaching kids about music. On tonight's show, I'm with Todd Wedge and Stephen Hankel, chorus directors at two San Francisco-based public high schools. Todd teaches at SOTA and Stephen teaches at Mission High. So Stephen and Todd, how do you go about recruiting singers for your choruses?
3: It's a, it's a, it's a really big thing. Now, I, I have the, uh, I have a pretty unique privilege in that I have students that I select that come to my school. Um, however, it's the same story that every chorus director in high school <coughs> will tell you, um, from Maine to LA. That uh, it's a five trillion sopranos and um, <laughs> four boys, uh, oh, maybe if we're lucky to get four. <laughs> so uh, a big part of recruiting for us is, is to get those middle school guys that are uh, interested in singing, but don't think that, think that Soda is kind of out of their, their reach. And what we do is we'll actually go to the middle schools, whether they have music programs or not. And we'll kind of do like little dog and pony shows, and uh, sometimes I'll just take my men's ensemble, and we'll mm-hmm. just we'll just do just the guys go down, and uh, kind of do a mini concert for them, and do a question and answer period, and, and just kind of talk to the eighth graders at the beginning of at the beginning of their eighth grade year when they're about mm-hmm. to make their decision on where they want to go to high school. Um, so that's one thing that we do, and and we just we do a lot of community outreach too. So uh-huh. that's kind of how we get our face out there, and that's a big part of of bringing. People uh-huh. in.
1: And what about you, Stephen? Do you have the same issues that, that Todd faces with recruitment? Is it a case of boys not wanting to sing and a million sopranos? Or?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like you always have more girls than boys. It always happens that way. Um, actually, what Todd is doing is something that I will start doing because it took a couple of years to kind of get enough kids and then mm-hmm. kids that are good enough to go out there and actually sing. Um, but usually, like you know, like they have like an all cities have my face sing there, and then like I would go and I would work with some schools or talk to some of those school teachers and then go work with their choir. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to kind of get my face out there um, since I can't bring the choir. But next year is a big thing. We'll be we're doing similar things um, with Soda does. To
1: you mean you're going to be taking your choir out to yeah, other yeah, middle and schools? Smaller and and, yeah, smaller choir and go out
2: there and sing and so they can have questions and things like that. So
1: Okay. What about auditions? Do you, both of you ever audition for singers for some of your groups?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, you no. Know, my beginning choir, of course, I don't audition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just, you know, Come one come all mm-hmm. um, but now that I have two established choirs a girls choir and a vans choir I audition for those or the kids that were there the year before or prior that I feel that are ready and mature to go to the next level and then I you know I bring them over to that so uh, but I definitely audition for those, those choirs
1: how do you what is an audition at Mission High is it very scary
2: um, I try to make it as comfortable as possible because um, but mainly it's very simple I have them um, sing a song for me
1: any song uh, they like? Any song they like. An acapella or with a piano?
2: Yeah, acapella. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd just say, sing your favorite, you know, song. You know, mm-hmm. usually it's some pop song or something, so they'll sing that. And then I would do scales. Mm-hmm. So I would see if they can hear, and then if they sometimes can't hear on the piano, then I will sing it for them, mm-hmm. see if they can do it audibly, mm-hmm. because sometimes we hear different, how mm-hmm. we how we learn is different. And then uh, from there, then I say, can you read any music? Do you know anything about soul and things like that? And uh, for the most part, of course, a lot of them didn't know too much. It was a few that actually knew a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of usually the process. is very, it's not okay. too strenuous. far.
1: what about you? Told at SOTA. Mm-hmm.
3: So the process, at SOTA. You 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 turn in your applications about December, and then we have two rounds of auditions. Um, I will hear. I think this year I heard about two hundred and twenty people mm. um, for about eighteen spots. Wow, um, and uh, eighteen to twenty, and yeah, yeah. and uh, so. We do try and make it um, as comfortable as we possibly can because we want everybody to to be successful. But we also want to know who's really serious about taking on this commitment. Mm -hmm. Because going to SOTA is really asking students to be two people. Mm -hmm. You have to be a high school kid and you have to be a a pre-conservatory student as well. So um, we want to make sure that it's the right fit for you. And so the audition is rigorous. You know, you come in and you do two contrasting pieces. they, uh, then I will, I will like Steven did, I, I will do some, some scales and some lip trills and things like this just to get, check their range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I will do some pitch matching. I'll play a sequence of pitches that'll uh, successively get harder, and I wanna see how much they can remember. And then I give them sight reading. And of course this is the scariest part. This is the scariest part for the tr- most trained musicians. Mm-hmm. Sight reading can be terrifying. Mm-hmm when somebody just plays your beginning pitch and says make something happen um so but what i'm really looking for for that is to see how fast uh, how how terrified they get, and if they if they, if at all, and um and how they're how I watch them work through it because it's a it's a very strong indicator about how they how they look at challenges and um and how quickly they can pick something up that's completely foreign to them and, and even if it eventually breaks down to my pretty much playing it for them right. yeah. while they're doing it that's okay I want what I'm really trying to see is is um is what's going on in their brain as they're getting this new information.
1: So, um, when the students are accepted to your courses, do you let them sing whatever parts they want or do you decide, you know, you're a tenor, you're a soprano one, you're...
3: Absolutely not. No, okay. I'm sorry. How does that there's work? a there's a there's a very real art to um to putting voices. Now we we have unique high school choir directors are really one of the it's their golden rule mm-hmm. uh at, to first do no harm,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um and uh, that's so 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 incredibly true for high school kids. Um, and so we do. I'll check their I'll check their range at the beginning of each year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have boys that are transitioning, um, I'll, I'll check them quite frequently, um, and it just and I'll I, really to try and maintain an open door mm-hmm. and develop a rapport with them with those boys in particular, although girls too, mm-hmm. so that they can say, Mr. Roger I think you need to hear me. I think something's. I'm not comfortable in the tenor section anymore or mm. I'm not comfortable in the alto section anymore. Mm. I think I need to go to tenor. Um, now of course everyone wants to be a bass and, uh, and so they, the they want to say I want to be a bass and they, <laughs> and they
2: have no sort of bottom to their voice at all.
1: What about you Steve in terms of organizing voice parts?
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's similar. I mean of course you don't want to just have them sing whatever because every girl think they're a soprano or every girl think, you know, oh, I can't sing that high and I'm a low voice. But then mm-hmm. when you vocalize them, they actually can sing higher to some sopranos. You're like, no, wait a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm def- you know, definitely you want to put them in sections. You don't want to just give them whatever because then you have to figure out as a, as a teacher um, what voicing will work, um, how would that work, you know, if this is a, you know, depending on if you want to arrange or change your arrangement of something. So it's just real important to have them you know, in the right sections and where, they, where they're comfortable. And then the same thing with the boys and with the girls, you constantly check in. I had a girl who, you know, when I vocalized, she was saying some but as I heard her through the year, I realized that, you know, those, you know, even after I gave a couple lessons and things like that, that she was more of an alto, okay. you know, and so...
1: The Bay Area is a hotbed for high school choral programmes and there are some really impressive groups around. We're going to hear from a number of these groups between now and the end of tonight's show. Let's listen now to a couple of tracks from the Napa High School Choir led by Travis Rogers. First up, we'll have a bit of Bach. The Motat der Geist hilft unser Schwachheit auf. The spirit comes to help our weakness. Then we'll hop forwards a few centuries to hear the chorus sing the soulful pop track Cells Planets by Erica Lloyd of the indie rock band Little Grey Girlfriend. The song is arranged for chorus by Vincent Peterson. Many of you might be familiar with Chanticleer's popular a cappella version of the track. <laughs> Here on tonight's Voicebox, all about high school choruses, with me, Chloe Veltman. We just heard the Napa High School Choir, led by Travis Rogers, performing two contrasting songs. The first was the JS Bach Motet, Der Geist hilft unser Schwachheit auf, The Spirit Comes to Help Our Weakness. And then we heard a version of Erica Lloyd's Cells Planets, arranged for chorus by Vincent Peterson. In the studio with me are two brilliant local public high school chorus directors, Stephen Hankel of Mission High School and SOTA's Todd Wedge. Now there's been some interesting research done recently by Chorus America, a major service organisation for choirs here in the US, into school choirs and why they matter. The organisation has an advocacy guide and various other tools to help teachers and parents and politicians and others make the case for school (laughs) choruses. And you can sign up for these tools for free on the Chorus America website at chorusamerica.org slash choir advocacy guide slash free. Todd and Steve, why are school choruses important in your opinion? Why should schools invest in choral programmes?
3: How much time do you have? (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: in a nutshell. We
3: don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's particularly important now because th- the country that we live in is clearly going through some very serious changes. And we're really looking at how much we're investing in our future, where we are investing in our future, and, um, and might I argue where we are not investing mm-hmm. in our future. I fear uh, as a music teacher... Um, That we're really emphasizing the importance of individuality in learning and we're becoming, I don't want to say computers, but we're really being taught to really emphasize uh, math and science, math and science, math and science to compete with the other countries around us. Um, For me, one of the most important things that you get out of, of being in an ensemble band or or orchestra or choir, and for that matter, football or swimming, which are in, and that's also be said that sports teams are being cut left yeah. and right. We, they're yeah. they're also fighting, and th- it's so important because when you build um, that sense of we in kids, they look at the world through a different lens. They understand that they are just one part of a really huge important whole. And the power that comes with singing particularly, that you're making a sound that's coming from your body and it's it's working with the people around you and you're breathing together and you're standing, you know, it's just, it's just an incredible feeling that gives you a really, a wider perspective of of your place in this world.
1: Let's listen now to some more great music from other choruses from around the bay and nearby. We have three tracks in store for you now. First in the set is Luke Luke Lumbu by Bodhi Johannes Susanto, sung by the chamber singers of Akalanas High School of Lafayette, California. The chorus director is Bruce Lengersher. The second track will be Glenn McClure's Kyrie, sung by the combined concert choirs of San Luis Obispo High School and Morrow Bay High School, who performed the work together at Carnegie Hall in March 2005 under the direction of Gary Lamprecht, the director emeritus of San Luis Obispo High choirs. And last but not least, we'll hear the Mount Eden High School chamber singers from Haywood, California, singing Tides of Ocean by Matthew Orlovich. The conductor is Ken Rawdon. You're listening to Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman. On tonight's show, I'm in the studio with high school chorus directors Stephen Hankel and Todd Wedge. We're chatting about the ins and outs of the high school choral landscape. We just heard a trio of tracks from a few Northern Californian school ensembles. First was Luke Luke Lumbu by Bodhi Johannes Susanto, sung by the chamber singers of Akalanas High School who hail from Lafayette, California. The chorus director is Bruce Langacher. The second track was Glenn McClaw's Kyrie, sung by the combined concert choirs of San Luis Obispo High School and Morrow Bay High School, who performed the work together at Carnegie Hall in 2005 with their director, Gary Lamprecht, who's the director emeritus of San Luis Obispo High Choirs. And last but not least, we heard the Mount Eden High School chamber singers from Hayward, California, singing Matthew Orlovich's Tides of Ocean. The conductor was Ken Rawdon. So it's clear from our discussion so far that choruses are tremendously important to the life of your schools and that you put a lot of energy into doing your jobs. But I imagine that being a high school choral teacher comes with tremendous challenges too, <laughs> which I'd like to address. What keeps you guys up at night with regards to your jobs?
2: Sometimes I actually sleep really well. but um, Good, I'm glad to yeah, hear it. Yeah, I try. So, um, but I think the biggest part is when you're, when you're a teacher, or a choir teacher, um, it goes a lot further than the music. So you know when you're planning concerts, when you're you know maybe doing fundraisers, or when you're doing things to try to meet these type of things that you these experiences you want your kids to have. Um, it takes more than just you being there from you know eight to three, you know, mm-hmm. every day. Um, you actually have to. It keeps you up. You have to think about things that's going to be important, or if you have something as far as vocally, you think you need to change, or something like that. There's you're always constantly trying to find ways to, to create a better atmosphere and, a, and better experience for your students.
1: Todd?
3: Yeah, same thing. It's sometimes you feel like when the bell it rings and you get to go home, that's when the work starts, actually, for real. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, there's uh, endless emails and correspondence between uh, families that you want to keep a good com- and relationship with, and it's important to... Uh, in my case in particular, I see I have these kids for, for four hours a day for four years. Which mm-hmm. is sometimes more than their parents get to see them. So wow. um So there's that. Of course there's that big fundraising thing, which is I mean, it's the biggest it's a huge, 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 huge a part of our job because we raising um, money raising to, you know, money to, run to run keep quest. what we do i mean if you think about it the average <laughs> piece of music is what two dollars and fifty cents times 70 or 75 because you know someone's going to lose it do the math that's just <laughs> one piece of music um and so it's and then to do things like if you're going to go on trips or if you're going to go even just uh you know we don't have we don't have uh, school buses so mm-hmm. we have to pay for charter buses anywhere we go and that's about1200 dollars so I mean uh, that's all of that is um, stuff that kind of keeps you up and and also um, you just try like like Steve said you you're we're really wanting to give uh, these kids kind of maybe even the same experience we had mm-hmm. and you to and you want to just you're just racking your brain and making sure that you're doing oh, do they like this piece how could I make this mm-hmm. better this was a total fail in class mm-hmm. I taught this totally wrong <laughs> I need to totally break it down and do it again um, and do they like it? I don't I think they don't like it, you know? And so, uh, you know, all that stuff. Lots
1: of self-torture. What yeah. about um, discipline issues? Do you ever have to face misbehaving high schoolers and what do you <laughs> do about it?
2: Well, uh, mission, um, because of, you know, the, the backdrop of having sometimes this kid thrown into your class, is you, you get the kids that no one else wants. Ah. Um, and so a lot of times, um, not saying it's necessarily a bad thing because I've had experience where kids come and they actually stick it out and they mm-hmm. actually enjoyed it but you do have those kids who who just don't want to be there and they make it known that they don't want to be there and so um... usually I have a system where I, you know I have rules and consequences and things like that and they can see it so when they do something that is inappropriate I point to the board and say you know this is you know I have a certain point system and, like this is what it is and after a certain amount of times so we will have to send you out of class and usually, that would usually help, you know, taper mm-hmm. down some of the students. Then the ones that are just constantly, you know, just showing they don't want to be there, then, then I take them down to the counseling office and we have a chat with the counselor and say, you know, this is music is different than the other classes. We have to perform, mm-hmm. and if this kid is consistently um, showing they don't want to be here and slowing everyone else down, then we everyone else suffers from that. Mm-hmm. You know, so put them in another class that actually works for them. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I don't have a lot of issues. I have, a cl- I have clear rules on the board. They understand what it is. And, and usually when you enforce them, they follow it.
1: This is Voicebox, and I'm Chloe Veltman. This evening I'm with Todd Wedge and Stephen Hankel, the chorus directors of, respectively, the San Francisco School of the Arts and the Mission High School. We're talking about the highs and the occasional lows of running a high school chorus. We haven't really touched much on the business of performing yet. Stephen and Todd, do you think that organising performance opportunities for your choruses is important and what kinds of opportunities do your choruses get to perform in front of audiences?
3: Uh, yeah, we we have we're we're lucky in that since we, we have a lot of performances. We did fourteen this concerts this year, wow. um, which is a lot, a lot. more. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, um, but I think a lot of high school choirs, because um, and speaking with other directors in the area, you know, they have to make such a community presence to keep their program alive. You have to be careful not to overperform your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, what we do is really in the classroom. That's what we're here for, mm-hmm. um, and so. Some, some uh, program models are really set up to, it's a quick learn, it's a brown and serve and you get out there and you sing, 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 sing everywhere you possibly can. Mm. Um, which, is, which is okay for you know, maybe older kids that mm-hmm. have that skill set and they're ready to, to do that because there is a lot to be said about that experience opportunity as well. Um, so it, it, there's a lot that goes into those planning those those performances and a lot of things that people don't know about ticket sales who's going to make the contact the parents to get the the punch and cookies <laughs> and uh and the programs of course you have yeah, to make lots the programs of and, and, and there's addition. a ton of logistics and yeah. uh and those risers that we stand on they're not they're not light and uh <laughs> and so you have to set those up and there's a whole there's a whole
1: logistical challenge logistical
3: challenges
2: to go with it yeah
1: okay what about at mission high steve do do the kids get to perform
2: Yeah, I mean, we performed six times last year. Uh Um, And um, usually we perform um, at the school. Mm -hmm. So we perform usually for, like, the peers, like, during the day, have a mini concert, and usually have our main concerts at night. And then we sing at different assemblies at the school. Mm -hmm. Um... We have, uh, you know, the African American, the Olay, and the Multicultural, So we sing, and that's the the song, that's the times when we sing different languages and things like Mm -hmm.
1: that. The Olay, that's a. Olay,
2: that's. uh, uh, It's like the the Latin culture, Uh um, you know, assembly. So it's a lot of things with the Latin culture, the history, and then, Uh you know, we sing some Spanish songs. Um, And yeah, just like a lot of things that we have to do um, as far as. you know it's so important for them to be able to go out there and do those things yeah. and it's a lot on our plate on our side cuz we like you say we have to organize a lot of things we got to do a lot of things to behind the scenes get mm-hmm. them food you know all these other things cause they're hungry they have to eat yeah. um, so you know it's a lot of things that we have to do outside of that to kind of get that support
1: tonight's voice box with me chloe veltman i'm talking about high school choruses with bay area based choral directors todd wedge of sota and stephen Hankel from mission high school both schools where these fabulous conductors work are public high schools in san francisco we just heard a track from the glee soundtrack a cover of the van halen song jump for any of you who aren't familiar with glee it's a hit tv series on fox all about a high school show choir so how if at all has glee uh, impacted your schools has the tv series inspired students to join your choruses or done anything to generally raise the profile of singing around campus
2: it's funny because when we started when i started last year um glee started as well their Mm -hmm. first season Mm -hmm. so majority of kids had no idea what glee was they were Mm -hmm. like what's glee i don't Mm -hmm. know what you're talking about so i I think in some ways i mean as the year went on more kids start seeing and and understanding it um so like we want to sing those songs from glee you know um, but I, you know, in some ways, I don't feel like it really heightened. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that there was already a need there, and there was already singing there. But it all, but it, it helped. You know, mm-hmm. I think it helped that kids see that, and then you know, even when I go like to conventions, you know, they're talking about like how important, like how good this is for Glee or how mm-hmm. good it is for choirs. And before they were saying no, 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 this is not good. But uh, but now you know, Glee has actually caught on to you know some of the kids for sure in my class.
3: I kind of get a little um, upset when people kind of hate on glee yeah, because i, I think too. all press is good press mm-hmm. actually and um anything that brings awareness to to the importance of and of music education and and it certainly they really emphasize how important that glee club is to them and what it means to that's them true. and the sense of community that they develop that's in there that's
1: the one on-running and motif yes and program. you get to see
3: how people's lives improve and the quality of mm. their education there and their their livelihood is better because of what they're doing i think it's an incredibly wonderful show i think i think for the i always tell people what do you think of glee that's what i always say and i always say there you know there is something to be said for the difference between uh choir a choral program in a classical sense Mm -hmm. and a glee club and it was it was a fun opportunity for uh, i like Steve, I started two years ago. So uh, when it came out, you know, the Glee, 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 and, and to not associate necessarily Glee Club or Glee Club style of singing is not necessarily pop, actually. We can take it back to the yep. early days of the first colleges here in the United States, and for that matter, in Europe, and and uh, what songs they did and why they did it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and can we still sing those songs? You bet. We still have them in repertoire. So um, there's a little teaching element in it.
1: We're going to head a bit beyond the Bay Area now and play three tracks by some great high school choruses from other parts of the country. The first thing we'll hear is a song by a renowned high school show choir, the North Central High School Counterpoints from Indianapolis, Indiana. The group's director is Patricia Weehee. We'll hear the ensemble performing on Broadway, a tune by Barry Mann, Cynthia Weil, Jerry Leiber, and Mike Stoller. In the video from this live competition performance, the singers wear dazzling costumes and there's a lot of very coordinated choreography in addition to the singing. You should check it out on YouTube if you get the chance. Then we'll take the energy down a notch and hear the Crestview High School Women's Choir from Crestview, Florida, directed by Kevin Lusk. The ensemble will perform The Dream Tree, an arrangement by... Buffy St. Marie, a folk song. The track includes an oboe and tubular bell in addition to around 80 singers and the piano accompanist is Leon Currington. The third track on the playlist is the finale from The Gondoliers by Gilbert and Sullivan, interpreted by the chorus of the Robert E. Lee High School from Midland, Texas, a state which Todd here tells me has exceptional high school choruses. The chorus director is Paula Edwards. (laughs) This is Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman. I'm exploring choral artistry in high schools tonight with a pair of wonderful in-studio guests, chorus directors, Todd Wedge and Stephen Hankel. We're fast approaching the end of tonight's broadcast, sadly, but I'd really like to ask you just a few more questions before you go, Todd and Stephen. First off, what do you like most about your jobs? What gives you the most satisfaction?
2: One of the things I like about my job is that when I wake up every morning, I actually love going to work. Um, I, I truly can say that. You know, some people say, "Oh, you just say that," but no, I truly can say that. Like you know, um, I really enjoy that. And then, what I really also what I also enjoy the most is watching the progress of the kids, mm-hmm. um, seeing where we started, mm-hmm. and then how they develop in the relationships they build with each other, with me, and how we come to this this end point, this destination.
1: What right about now? you, Todd?
3: I I have to say that um, in my my whole musical career now, I, I think that my teaching years are have afforded me the most creativity um i've never felt so so driven by by this this living breathing clay that i have and um finding the best way to to mold it and to to work with it and like steve said it changes every day you know the kids some kids have a good day and then they kid has a bad day and it takes it's just it's 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 kind of crazy um and so unlike unlike teaching biology or teaching you know Algebra. I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but it's kind of the same. They have the same uh, rubric that they use year to year, and it's kind of the same principles that they have to teach the kids. I get to do something different every six weeks after we have our next concert. I get to totally wipe the slate clean and um, do something totally brand new and different.
1: What are your aspirations and dreams for the choruses that you currently work with?
2: My aspirations and dreams is for them to to leave high school um, with with life skills. Mm-hmm. Because of the teamwork and things that you do, you, you learn that, and that's part of the thing you have to do in this world. Um, and also just um, you know musically for them to, to be touched by all types of music, um, mm-hmm. including myself with them, to grow, um, to develop as a team, as a family, and to get that sense of community. And I think that's really, really important.
1: Todd, anything you'd like to add?
3: Yeah. A, a, just a sense of passion. So many people unfortunately live without a sense of passion in mm. this world and if we can breed more people with passion be it in in science or math or music if we can if we can breed that into let my kids i hope my kids know that they singing is something they can do for the rest of their life until the day they die and um and to just have something that they are proud of i think that's one of the other the biggest things that we can have is giving them something that they are proud of
1: okay all right. Well, I'm going to lower the tone now just before we go with a couple of really bad school choir jokes that I found <laughs> online. I just got to do it. Okay. So here's a question. Why do high school choruses travel so often?
3: I'm ready. I don't know.
1: <laughs> to keep the assassins guessing. <laughs> that's stupid, right? Okay. It's pretty All right. Bad. That's, pretty Se- bad. that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's this pretty one, bad. This one might possibly be worse. You ready? Yeah. What's the definition of an optimist? <laughs> A choral director with a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: okay, that's a that, that's <laughs> sadly very true. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Okay, well, look, thank you very much, Stephen and Todd, for joining me tonight. It's been really wonderful chatting with you both. Thank,
3: thank you. you. Yeah.
1: VoiceBox is an independently produced nonprofit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel, the web editor is Victoria Lim, and the membership and development director is John Bischoff. Voicebox needs your support. To find out how you can make a tax-deductible donation to keep us on the air, please visit our website at voicebox-media.org. Check out our free weekly podcasts on iTunes and via voicebox-media.org and also visit our homepage at voicebox-media.org to mull over and respond to the question of the week. You can friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and you can also write to us anytime at info at voicebox-media.org or call us with your comments and questions at 415 841 4121 extension 3515. That's 415 841 4121 extension 3515. Next week, we'll be heading to the lovely Hawaiian Islands, musically speaking that is, for an exploration of hula singing with master performer Patrick Makuakani. Join us next Friday from 10 to 11pm here on KALW. I'll play us out with a mash-up of excerpts from two more tracks by choruses from the Mission High School and SOTA. We'll hear a little bit of SOTA's chamber chorus singing Vita de la Mia Vita from Six Madrigals by William Hawley, and then we'll change gears and hear part of a live performance of Hey Soul Sister by Train, as interpreted by the chorus at Mission High School. Have a songful week.